0: Welcome back in listeners to a very special episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by three incredible artists today. We have the playwright Ann L. Thompson Scratching, the performer Katie Trubetsky, and the performer Courtney Everett, all who are part of this incredible show, Resurrection. It's playing July 26th through July 30th at the American Theater of Actors here in New York. And you can get your tickets and more information by visiting eventbrite.com or head over to their Instagram at resurrection.the.play and click on the link in their bio. But for right now, I want to welcome this incredible team. And Katie, Courtney, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you all so much for joining (laughs) me.
1: Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. We're really excited.
0: I am so thrilled that we are getting to share this incredible work, Resurrection with our listeners. It's an important story. And I just want to jump in right away. And Anna, I want to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about what resurrection is about? Resurrection is about a black community
2: that was killed, the whole community was killed in 1921. They bombed an entire community, killed everyone and buried them in mass graves. And nobody knew about it. Tom Hanks said on national TV, he had never heard of Black Wall Street. he never even heard of this incident This was the largest massacre
0: in American history and nobody knew about it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why your show is so important is because you are shining this light on this important historical event and the voices that are telling the story are so important. So what inspired you to write the show? I went to a party one night, and people were talking about Black
2: Wall Street. And I'm embarrassed to say I had no idea what that was. I thought it was Wall Street, a Black division of Wall Street. (laughs) And someone, one of my friends, Ann, shut up. Don't say that, because people know you're really crazy. (laughs) But that's what I thought it was. I had no idea what this was. And I came home and I went on the internet and looked up 1921 Black Wall Street. And I was like brought to my knees. I was so shocked that Americans did this to Black people. I was absolutely shocked that I felt that I had to write the story. And I just started writing. I started writing monologues of people, how they died. And one of my actors, Romel Sermons said to me, he says, and after I showed him what I wrote, he says, you can't just write monologues. You need to write the story. And keep the monologues in. And that's what I did. And I, I dream about these people that died. I dream about them. They seem to come to me, to talk to me. And I love them. I don't know them, but I feel that I know them. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. I feel like I know who these people are. And they're so happy that I'm telling this story. Courtney is the narrator. He is on the stage the entire time that the play is running. And this play runs close to three hours. Oh, yeah. And he never leaves the stage. The only way he leaves the stage is for an intermission. And he tells the story of how this happened and involves the audience in in what the, in fact, all of the actors involve the audience in what they're doing. And it's something that um, we break the fourth wall, but I make it work and people love this play. We have put this play up four times and every time we put it up, people flock to see it because they're looking at their history They're seeing their history. White people are very uncomfortable when they see it. We've had white people walk out because they can't believe they really did something like this. But they did. And it's amazing how these actors have embraced this play. They become the people that die. And all of the characters that I put on the stage are dead. they all dead. And they come back from the grave to tell their story of how they died and how they also lived.
3: Well, I think you just, you you told it all very clearly. I don't think I can add any more to that. It is a powerful, strong play. And I think the actors feel in tune with it because we feel we're doing a service by telling a story of people who can't tell their story because they're gone and the horrific way that they were taken. And I think she she said it perfectly. She not only tells about the tragedy of how they lost their lives, but she tells about the community and how it existed before the tragedy. The the people in this community were very well educated. They are doctors, Mm -hmm. lawyers, teachers, professors. And you had quite a few millionaires that lived in this community as well. They had their own bus system. They had their own airports, major banks. And to hear how they lost their lives, how this community was taken because of just pure jealousy is quite frightful, to say the least. I want you to know, That this young lady sitting
2: next to me. She is the main antagonist because she is the white girl that started the, the rumor that she was raped by a colored man. That's what they called black people in 1921, colored. Like we had 20 different colors on us. And she plays it to the max. This girl jumps off a building and commits suicide and she looks like she's flying. If you can only see that, you would not believe when she jumped off this building, she absolutely looks like she jumps because she jumps down the, into the audience. Magic in, of stage, <laughs> <laughs> a theater.
1: <laughs> Whee! But it's true. It was, it I was had terrifying. the best
2: time directing this play because this play, they gave me everything I wanted with no fear. She jumps off that stage with no fear down into the audience. And it's theater goes black, just like that. And when the lights come back up, she's standing on stage, it is phenomenal. You would not believe it. She is that good
1: it's funny jumping off one thing, but I got to say, and, and this, she had faith in me. I was scared to play this part in the beginning because this is a powerful part, but it's also, it's a true story. It's a true story. And it, (laughs) but something in me was saying, put yourself in a position to make sure that you tell the story that people know about this. And I, as much as, gruesome and manipulative and just destructive lula noble the character that play is she also tells the story of how the trauma infused with a lot of other things as a human being in general and how you know racism is taught and it's not something you're born with and it's just like all these things that engrave that she put that Anne wrote that engraved in an audience when they watch that, I, I, I can't even explain to you every single time an audience member comes out and says, I thought, oh, I, you know, you, I wanted to hate you, or I hate you, you know, whatever it is. But she wins them over. She eventually wins them over. So, you see the, the
2: audience oh. turn, and Courtney tells the story on stage. He tells it from a historical point of view, whereas the actors do it from how do I say? well, we
3: we we I tell it because I set the story up of the beginning, the middle, and the right. end. What I do is I swing from narrator into one of the characters to tell the story of their everyday living. And I think that's the magic of what she wrote. Yeah. It's how she basically intertwined. I'm telling you how the story went, and then we're showing you how they live, what they were saying, what their feelings were at the time. I think that's the powerful yes. point that that really makes the play come across. Plus, what we do is that we interact with the audience as well. So the actor, the audience, in a sense, is part of the cast. Yeah. Okay. And so because we go out into the audience. I speak to the audience a great deal. I bring them into the situation, yeah. and then we reenact what that particular day was like before the actual tragedy occurred.
2: I wanna say something to you. One of the characters were hung, was hung by accident. And that character goes out into the audience and takes the route that he was hung. And tell the audience he lets them touch the rope. Very powerful thing. They touched the rope that hung this man. People cried. People didn't know what to say. Courtney had them chanting with him. What is that that you use? No, no justice, no, no peace. peace. No just- and the audience started to chant. No No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. And you would not believe, you're going to come and see this.
1: It's amazing how much, like, Courtney is a guider. It's almost like, you know how Romeo and Juliet, there's always that, he's like the guider to take you on that adventure, that journey, that pain, that rawness. And what I love about it is that all these actors, including myself and Courtney, have been resurrected so we're still, as ghosts, saying, you need to know. And there's pain that's coming out after the death that we're kind of releasing, too.
3: And, um, it's, and it's like a in catharsis in yeah. the yeah. end,
1: yeah.
3: actually. Courtney, do me a favor. Do the first two lines of your your
1: monologue.
3: <laughs> oh, so Now she catches me. <laughs> <at the end>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh.
3: You out there in the dark. I have crossed through time to bring you a message from the only church that still stands in the Greenwood District. Some of your local politicians are saying, a race war is coming. I came back to tell you, you don't want that to happen. Not again. That's all I'm what? doing. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I want you to know
2: <laughs> that this is what he does the entire time he's on stage for three hours almost and never that bricks of They And they love him. He guides them through this the massacre. He guides the right through this massacre that has happened. And there's only two people still living.
3: Yeah, one person is 107, I read in the paper. Just the recently.
1: Day.
2: She
3: was just recently in a hearing because she's trying to get. Wait, we are we are going
2: to Oklahoma to perform.
1: We are this yes, we are.
3: Amazing.
1: yes we are. We have
2: been invited to Oklahoma, and we're going to the place where it happened, where they dropped bombs. The Klan came and killed all of these people—babies, old people, young people, men, women—burnt the town
1: to the ground, to the ground. It's dangerous.
3: You know, this play is resonating a great deal now because we're in a particular political climate where the fear factor is it all kind of happened again. We see it in spurts. We see it bits and places here. And I think it's so topical because of the fact what we're trying to say in our piece is Look what happened a hundred years, 102 years ago. You don't want to go back to that. And, you know, and when they say make America great and the whole thing like that, yeah, make America great. But not to the point of going back and killing and lynching or
1: hiding things,
3: you know, a busing or whatever else, you know. So I think it has a place now where people are standing up and listening and saying, ah, yeah, we can't go back to that.
1: It's no matter
3: who you are, what political stance you're taking, what color you are. No one wants to go back because it's uncomfortable worldwide.
1: Nobody won from this. That's I want
3: you to know thing. that the American Indian was involved
2: in this, and most people don't know that the Chickasaw Indians they intermarried with black people, black slaves. And it was just we all when we see the cowboys and Indians when I was a kid they were all white. No, they weren't. Indians were black people. That yeah. thirteen mile, it's amazing the trail of tears, tears. It was just amazing how black people and American Indians banded together. Black people built a whole town, whole town. And they weren't sheds, they were brick buildings.
1: They were brick buildings. It's incredible how something so powerful could have been destroyed and not even just forgotten through the ashes. And the fact that literally just recently, what was it, 2018, they found 300 bodies. It is insane to me how much time had to pass in order for people to know the truth that was hidden from, over what?
2: These people that are sitting next to me were born to play this play. They were born to play this play. I think that resurrection has resurrected their, their spirit and has entered these people. You would not believe what they do on stage.
3: I I, I would piggyback on that, too, because as one of the actors, as we Katie and I can tell you, it touches us in very interesting and strange ways after the show, or even in prep for the show, how we get into character, because we know we're telling a story of someone whose life was taken from them simply because they weren't allowed to exist. And working with each other and going through the rehearsals that we went to, because there were rehearsals that were so tense that. You know, we had to kind of take our separate ways, especially when we went back in the dressing room. That's how we strongly we felt these characters and how we related with each other. When I first did this play, we had a different
2: cast. And I want to tell you something. The cast that did this play originally, they got caught up in this black, white thing. Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah, we they did. got caught up in this blackness, and they reverted
3: back to 1921. It got to that, and it, that, thats not. And we had to break these people up. Yeah,
1: I wasn't part of
3: that. She was not
2: part of this.
1: But I, not the first But time. I heard things. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: but I, I spoke things. to the actors, and I told them we can't have this. No. we could not
1: have this. You cannot revert back. What we needed to do in order to make this right was we were we were going to have to be a family in order to trust each other on that state. And that's what it is, trust. That's it.
2: We have to, to trust each other to know that everybody loves each other. Yeah. And they're not
3: going to let this racism carry on.
1: It,
2: it was
3: a lesson that we all had. It was a let. lesson learned Yeah.
2: when I first put this play on. Yeah. And we I couldn't understand why. But it was almost like the spirit of the bad people because we had what would they call the um, the crackers. They did their part and they got caught up. They got caught up with using the N-word.
3: It was very tense.
2: It was so it tense. was a
3: tense rehearsal period, even leading up to just just before opening night and i remember in the dressing room one of the dressing rooms there was a little standoff that i had to come and let her know what's happening back there because we we didn't divorce ourselves from the characters okay and like she says when you come into that kind of situation where you're playing a role and you really really putting your mind and soul into it the tension does take over and sometimes you can't separate. And that was one of the things that happened at that particular point in time. But and then we, we've learned a lot. I think, then. and then we
2: <laughs> have to embrace
3: these actors to let them know that we love them.
2: And it's not a thing where we want to see them. We, we just want them to know you're playing a part. That's all you're doing. You're playing a part in history.
1: The, the truth in the matter is that when you're playing this type of part, you can't, it's almost like you need to say this, we're doing it against what happened, not against each other, against what happened. So this will never happen again to tell the story and the truth in the making. So then we became closer. When we, when we brought in our, when I came in and what was it? 2020. Cause I was supposed to do the part in the beginning, but then I left LA. like, but then I came back. Thank God, I miss New York so much. But <laughs> when I came back, I remember thinking, I belong to this part, and I was like, I I want to I want to tell the story. I'm fearful, but it it needs to be told. And and Anne gave me that chance to show that this is something. Perfect. This is something that needs to be not withheld in any. It is raw, and I'm to say this now: this play is not sugarcoated it is not like cut in corners it's it, is not, a pretty play, it is not a pretty play but it is honest it is beautiful in its own way and it's raw and it's it's the truth
2: and when you see these two people on stage you're going to believe you will believe
0: i love that i love that and i i just i love all of this and i think it's so important to have the story being told. I love the way the story is being told. I mean, when you were describing about the man that was hung and he comes out into the audience, I just, I got chills. I'm not even there to touch the rope, just watching that, you know? And I think these are the kind of things that need to be taught. So we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I want to know from all of you, what is the particular thought or message you want the audience to leave with? That's why
2: we involve them because we want them to leave with racism it cannot work. It cannot work. Black, white, no matter what, Asian, it cannot work. Dead people have come back to tell you it can't work. They have come back from the grave to tell you racism can't work. I was going to say,
1: I was going to put down hate will never win no matter how hard you're going to spin it hate will never ever win. ever
2: work mm-hmm. not ever
1: no so that's it's 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 the raw truth in the matter and sometimes raw is ugly and that's what we're trying to we're, we're trying to show right now that no matter and nobody lost. everybody lost everybody lost. so
0: Well, my last question for this first part, I think, is probably the most important, which is, who do you all hope have access to resurrection? Oh, Tom Hanks
2: come! (laughs) Oh, Brad Pitt come! He's been talking about that that for a while. (laughs) They need to put money into this production. (laughs) Bring this production to Broadway, so people, so more people can see it. People can see it. Yes. I don't have the money to bring this to Broadway, but we need people to say, you know, this will work. I've already been told it's Broadway quality. More people need to see it.
1: People who have a larger voice need to see this than us right now. People who can make a difference and push this play to to make every single person obsessed with going to see this and actually viewing the truth and the history, those are the
3: people. You know, I always thought that theater was important because it educated. it not only entertain, but it educate It inspire, okay? Yeah. When you inspire, you almost like do a cleansing because people who come here will basically see something that they never thought existed and it rather cleanses the soul because then it makes you want to start anew again and to me i think that's what this the purpose of this is if you if you will you know so i who i want to see it i want people who are into the history of this country I want young people to see this because so many young people are unaware. So many adults, older adults are unaware of this. Okay. But most importantly, it should be seen. It should be a, a understanding universally of what everyone has said, that hate is no place in this society. Okay. And if we keep down this particular road, it's going to always get worse and worse. History will repeat itself.
0: switch things up now for the little bit of time we have left for the second part I want to ask you all who or what inspires you like what playwrights or composers or shows have inspired you in the past or are some of your favorites one of my favorite plays is the great white Hope that had James
2: Earl Jones and when I saw this on Broadway I knew I could write a play, <laughs> and since
3: then I've written thirty plays. Well, uh, Tennessee Williams is one of the ones that I really find interesting. Arthur Miller, but I'm more classically trained, so I'm I'm a Shakespeare guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can say that too. The funny, <laughs> can, the funny <laughs> thing is, I've been compared to Tennessee
3: Williams. Yes, she has. She has.
2: So I'm very honored that I've been to this great great honor.
1: I gotta say, for me, Tennessee Williams' to, to Streetcar Named I always I was like, when they get a little bit older, I want to play Blanche DuBois. And then, but aside from that, the first time I even read this play, and I'm not trying to, but. This play stole, as soon as I see a certain project or a piece that steals me, it doesn't make me feel Mm -hmm. like I'm reading, it makes me feel like I'm losing myself in the character or existence of this story, that's it for me. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it just, I think it just makes me understand that, Mm -hmm. for, for instance, my, so my father and my grandfather were big actors in Russia, and I remember I saw my dad perform and I saw him play an old woman. And I was like, I can't, I can't see my dad. Like, what's this magic? I was like five or six. And I was like, this is what inspires me. People like that. My father is a big part of me be- becoming an actress and pushing forward. So I I really.
3: I, I'm i also very interested in Lorraine Hansberry as well. A Raisin of the Sun has always been my beacon, you know, I got to play play in that once, but I, I have that play and I always go back to it when I just wanna, you know, so there's it, it, a number of people and a number of playwrights that play into this, you know, that helps shape all of us to who we are, who we aspire to be.
1: And as much as awards that Anne has won, I know she's going to go down in history. Is one of the greats. Like there's not, she's already going down, but in history with that, but I just know it because something like that, this, this play has not been written modern in modern times in a very, very long time. And I think that the fact that she's bringing this to light, I, it's just, you can't miss this, you can't.
3: I think when the reviewer compared her to Tennessee Williams, he, that was, it. he was hitting on the mark. <laughs> She's very, very, especially when you read some of her other plays or you've seen some of her other plays. She's a talented, talented little lady, and she has a little personality to prove it. We (laughs) won't go into that right now.
0: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Another time. (laughs) Well, let me ask you all my favorite question to ask guests, and that is, what is your favorite theater memory? I have so many. My
2: favorite memory is when Katie jumps off the stage. (laughs) She looks like she's flying. That is my favorite.
0: I'm so excited to see that.
2: She has to break her
3: wings, and she's flying.
0: That's amazing.
3: I would say, when I got out of college, I was house manager for a number of off-roadway plays. And I got to meet Nina Horn. And that was my ultimate, ultimate theater memory that I'll never, ever, ever forget. So that's my theater memory. That that goes above everything.
0: That's incredible. Oh my gosh. I I now just like want to pull up a seat and be like, tell me everything. What was she like? What was she wearing? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing.
3: Yeah, she. Uh, uh, they. They took me to her dressing room, and she was being fitted because she had something to do at the Waldo, and it was just like walking into a Hollywood movie. So I will never, ever, ever forget that. So
0: that's incredible. That's,
2: as as- <laughs> Another one of my best things is when Sidney 48 came in to see my play, and he said. If I had to do the other play and your play, I would do your play. Freaked me out. <laughs> that it. is
0: so cool.
2: You kept the audience waving in the hall. I said, the audience is in the hall. He said, that's the boy. We're talking. Ha! Ah.
0: Yes! Ah. Oh my gosh. That's it. amazing. Katie, what about you?
1: Well, as I mentioned, like I've always wanted to play Blanche DuBois and I think the first time that I've seen it was in Stella Adler a teen program I remember I auditioned and I really wanted and you know I was I looked younger and they and I was shy a little bit and I just kind of didn't come into my own and they're like you could play Stella you know you'll play Stella and I was like no I'm gonna I'm gonna play I, I'm gonna play Blanche I'm, I'm gonna play Blanche I'm gonna show him I came in there I put on the wig I <laughs> just audition they are like katie you okay all right and then i just came in and auditioned it and i killed it and i booked the part and i proved them wrong and i think for me that was like a standpoint like if i really want something if i really really want something if i feel like i believe in myself being part of this role i will get it i will find a way to get it same as how i believe in this show in this performance and in this role in and Courtney and, Anne, and everybody part of my cast, I believe that this will make waves and just, just shake the ground underneath because we need that right now. With everything going on, with just the actor's strike, the writer's strike, we need this to show that there's art forms that are are need to be told the right way. And theater is the best place right now at this moment to be told.
0: I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all for those amazing memories. Those are incredible. I want to ask just two last questions real quick. Do any of you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug? Then we're going to Oklahoma.
1: Well, as I for right now, I think uh, since everything's a little bit at a standstill, I, I personally am a director myself, and I've been writing a feature film and so, it's called my moon, and it's going to be hopefully in the near future. But as of now, my main focus is resurrection, and I'm so excited because I—I I, I mean, for me, I think, for personally speaking, I want to, ooh, I want, I want to shake this up. I, I want people to see it, and I want it. I want to keep doing it and doing it and doing it until we can't anymore, anymore.
3: Yeah, and I agree with Katie. the The name of the game here is resurrection. Yeah that's what we've been putting our heart and soul into for the last year or so even longer two, than two that years. two two, years. two years and so that's you know I direct as well but there's this with this lady this is it this is where where, where we belong you know we love her we love
1: you. she's
3: our she's our cherished <laughs> lady
1: hands so and we
3: love her so much. She's a trip. I'll tell you the next
1: you time. Don't know it, that she's thing. a trip.
0: You don't know that okay, thing. but we love her. <laughs> well, if our listeners want any more information about Resurrection or about any of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that?
3: I'm just going to say, just come to the show and ask me yourself.
0: What? I <laughs> love that
3: answer. <laughs> and I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> I'm creative. I would say just Instagram at ktrubetskyk trubetsky And you know, or the resurrection page at resurrection.play. You can see all of us, all the actors, and a picture of Annie, and she'll fantastic. Huh? <laughs> and you can just contact us like
2: that
0: too i hope you come and see the play i have to see this yeah i have to see the show i really do
1: we can't wait to see you there
0: (laughs) well and katie courtney thank you all so much for joining me today this was amazing this show is amazing and i cannot wait to be one of the audience members at the theater to see this incredible story. So thank you so much for sharing your time and your knowledge with us today. Thank you, so thank
3: much. you. It's been thank a pleasure. You. Thank you.
0: Thank you. My guests today have been Ann L. Thompson Scratchin, who is the playwright of the show Resurrection, which is starring Katie Trubetsky and Courtney Everett. It's playing July 26th through the 30th at the American Theater of Actors. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting eventbright.com or head over to their Instagram page at resurrection.the.play and click on the link in the bio. This is such a powerful, important, and timely work. We all need to make sure that we go and see it and support it. So it's July 26th through the 30th at American Theaters of Actors. We look forward to seeing you there for Resurrection. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez, reminding you to turn off your cell phones. unwrap wrap your candy.
3: And keep talking about the theater.
0: And the stage whisper. You. Thank you.